0: Did you know podcasts reach millions of people every month? Podcast advertising is a great way to reach new customers. In fact, you'll be speaking directly to them. Visit audiometric.io now to find out more.
1: I was real impressed with how they brought Blackout onto the scene.
2: Scott jokes that it's like the time T-Bob stuck a fork in the toaster, which melted his circuits <laughs> like butter. I kind of would have liked to see that. I don't know why. But I'm sure there's a few other listeners out there that are going, when was that episode?
1: thing's feeding off my lasers like a hungry wolf. (laughs) Uh, I guess Matt was a Duran Duran fan. I guess so.
2: Mask
0: cast. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission.
2: Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer. Vehicle code name Six Thousand. 80's Guru Skills, Critical. Wyatt
0: Blue, Broadcast Technician, DJ, Airman, masked Movie Co-Writer, Vehicle Codename, Phoenix. 80's Analysis, Vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Hello listeners and welcome to MassCast
1: 39. Thanks as always for joining us. If you happen to be new to the podcast, we are very glad to have you. MassCast is all about the 1980s animated series and toy franchise known as Mobile Armored Strike Command. We've got another fun episode review of the animated series on tap and are looking forward to giving our personal reviews and also hearing from you, the listener, through our episode polls and comments. You can always find our feature episode on our website, agentsofmask.com, prior to each podcast. Just find the assignment in the right-hand column on our homepage, and that will lead you to the post with an embedded video to watch, the 1 to 5 scale rating poll, and of course, the comment section to leave your review. Our feature episode this time is episode 28, Blackout, which was originally broadcast on November 8, 1985 in the U.S., the plot features Mask trying to stop a new Venom vehicle that is capable of draining power supplies. Coming up is our usual play-by-play commentary with audio clips from the show, but first allow me to introduce my co-host for Cast, my longtime friend and the leader one to my psy-kill... Wyatt, are you up for a challenge?
2: I'm up for any challenge. Cycle. Or cycle. Whatever your name is. I can't remember it anymore. It's been so friggin' long.
1: Cykill <laughs> and Leader One from the GoBots.
2: Yes, and you had... I remember you had Leader One. Mm-hmm. And I think our mutual friend had Cykill. Actually, I did. You did. Okay.
1: I had them all. I Well, not all, but... yeah. I had the substantial collection of GoBots, and I had the, uh, the base, the walking kind of...
2: Oh, yes, it kind of looked like uh, Star Wars kind of theme.
1: Yes, and it uh, you turned it around, it had a face, and it you pushed a button, and it lit up or something. I remember like that, too. Totally remember, but... So were you more of uh, Transformers or GoBots kind of...
2: I watched person? them both. Uh, I would... Slightly lean to Transformers. Uh, I think because I like Optimus Prime. Just really that I did like the what I remember anyway. But I did like the theme of uh, the GoBots. There's an odd different transformation that sound that they made, but it was also a welcome yes. one too. It wasn't the whatever the Autobots was. It's more of a. It's more of a. I guess a motorized teacher and you're done.
1: Yeah. Whatever. It was it was a little bit different um and of course all the Transformers purists that are listening are I'm right ready to slap us upside the head for talking gobots I but know. <laughs> I uh I don't know I liked them more just because they were that matchbox and hot wheels size yes. and you could hide them in with your other you know hot wheels and such but I I don't know I I like gobots I didn't think the show was all that bad and I, I did watch transformers i just didn't have much of them just because they were a lot more expensive and yes. i could get a couple go bots for you know price
2: the, of one <laughs> one transformer one
1: transformer yep yep
2: yep i I loved that show i, I think i actually liked cycle for whatever reason i liked him the, the best i'm not usually a bad guy fan but i liked his transformation if you will
1: yeah that was pretty cool with the the wheel that went on the sides of him, like the shoulders, right. the two wheels, an uh, interesting toy it was. So let's talk a little uh, about what's happening in the mass community, shall we? We shall. Just uh, posted recently the awesome 3D design of Boulder Hill by uh, Marcel Van Birkel. Some uh, really great screenshots inside and out of the Mask headquarters with an interesting twist, really, on the Mask plane. And I don't know if you saw this.
2: But I didn't see the plane. I saw into... the base and uh, the inside of the base. Yeah.
1: He, the way he has it, the plane is kind of hidden inside the big mountain. And it almost looks like Airwolf where it has the little hollowed out section that it just kind of rises up like a, like a Harrier jet or something. Oh, nice. So it's a little little twist on what we're used to where, you know, they go to some airstrip or uh, airport or wherever the, the mask plane is stored with the, the vehicles. The, those this up. makes me
2: want to incorporate this in the uh, – if we ever make it to the uh, sequel or the movie, maybe we could incorporate that.
1: Ooh. Yeah, that's true. We didn't, <laughs> didn't really uh incorporate that in the script. But you can check out those – uh Awesome 3D designs over at, uh, com right now and I'm looking forward to actually he's going to publish some animation of the design eventually, so.
2: Oh, nice. That was
1: pretty cool, uh, once he gets that up. Um also wanted to mention our pal Eric over at net has just started a new podcast with his two brothers called the Cartoon Express Podcast. They will, uh, mainly be discussing cartoons from the 80s and 90s and their first episode, I believe, has just gone live. So you can search for Cartoon Express on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. I believe they're going to have it on those apps. And then you can also visit CartoonExpress.net is where they'll have their uh, homepage. And they got a little bit of a blog going uh, with some of the other things. So I got to help out a little bit with the uh, the intro to the show. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. They gave me... Uh, I don't know about a dozen or so cartoons that are their favorites, and I got to mix parts of the intro all together at the beginning of the show, and uh, found a pretty cool uh, rock track um, that's the theme music. So it'd be fun. the uh, The first episode is on the Visionaries. You remember them?
2: No, I do not. The
1: Visionaries. It was a short-lived. Cartoon, I think it was only maybe 13 episodes, but it was like Mask. I think it was based on the toy line, which it had these, uh, figures with a hologram in the middle, and the hologram was of a, like an animal. Um, I can't remember the names of the characters, or, you know, I, one was a lion, I think one was a bird, and the, the power kind of came out of there, uh, out of this, like hologram image and manifested itself or whatever in the in the cartoon um the toys were pretty cool, I do remember that It's back when those hologram stickers were really
2: the thing you know
1: <laughs> the thing, yeah, so be sure to check that out the uh the cartoon express podcast i've got a shout out also for uh Darren Gregson, who listens to MaskCast while he's working on those incredible mask vehicle drawings, you might have seen a few of those up on the Facebook page, and I believe we did do a blog post about that up on the uh, website. Mm-hmm. But um, he uh, released, he had actually had a contest during Mask Day, and he sent us a note that he likes to listen to MaskCast while he's working on those, so... Uh, we just invite everybody to go over and check out his blog, which is at olddrawingboard.blogspot.com. And you can also go to his Facebook page, Facebook backslash Old Drawing Board. And uh, he's taking a little bit of a break from Mask right now. Uh, actually, you'd like it, Wyatt. He's posted some uh, drawings of cars, including one of your favorites, the Trans Am.
2: Ah, oh, Nice. Uh,
1: He's, uh, there's a, some uh, Mini Cooper, and I think he's got a Cobra up there, so
2: oh, nice.
1: head on over to the old drawing board and check those out. I will. And then one more quick story from the community. We were made aware of a new Mask Forum that you can join and connect with other fans and collectors. You can find that at mask-bolderhill.proboards.com, and uh, we've got that web address actually up on the Facebook page now if you scroll down a few Stories And go check that out and and start connecting with the mask fans there. But um, that will about do it for the mask community news for now. Wyatt, my friend, do you have your flashlight ready?
2: I do. I'm ready to start the mask cast. We come upon a snow-capped high mountain towering over farming landscape with a passing train. Within the train, we see Matt, Scott, and T-Bob enjoying the ride with Scott thanking him for taking him on his, and he emphasizes the word, his train.
0: Well, the train's owned by several people, Scott. I just invested a portion of the money needed, so that eventually we can incorporate a train with such technology in our country.
2: How modest. Uh, (laughs) Not even two minutes later into the show, and one of Venom's themes is playing as we see a power substation in the foreground. A hovering craft, which we will discover is blackout, rapidly approaches the power substation, crashing through the chain-link fence, and extends two claw-like arms, capturing and short-circuiting the electrical grid, then seemingly magnetizes the interior of the train, with T-Bob and a lot of other metal objects just being directly pulled to the roof, which I didn't understand that one. Then the train's circuitry blows as well, and then the train comes to an abrupt halt with Matt quickly assessing Scott's well-being, of course. After which, Matt checks with the crew to see what occurred. They explain the entire city has lost power, and the engineer assumes that the train possibly caused the outage. Matt kind of corrects him at the point right there and says,
0: That's impossible, Coyle. Then how do you explain such a strange incident? I don't know, but I don't think the train's at fault. I am afraid the locomotive will have to be taken out of commission until an answer is found, Mister Tracker. I understand, but I'm going to prove Bullet's a straight shooter.
2: I liked that there was a small interruption with the dialogue. It was like a pause, and then like Matt was actually arguing the point that yeah, you know, with that. The only thing I didn't like, I guess, out of the whole thing was how they magnetized the train but i guess maybe that's i, I don't know i've tried to try to rationalize it i can't come up with one yeah
1: yeah it was kind of weird that the uh, the whole magnetic thing and and how removing like energy or power from the power plant would cause the train to short circuit or whatever however it did there the the dash of the the train um i didn't really get that at all but i did like i was real impressed with how they brought blackout onto the scene i loved that whole opening scene where it just shows up kind of from the distance and then you get several angles of the vehicle so you get a really good look at it and then it you know bashing through there and, and the arms coming out i thought that was really good
2: yeah i, I like that i was um, and and we'll review later, of course, our comments. But I was uh, almost sighing in relief, so to speak, of of this what appeared to be a better episode
1: <laughs> than the last. Yes, yeah. yeah. I was. Uh, I was in the. I was anxious to get this episode just to get past that <laughs>
2: that yeah. last one, yeah.
1: which will go, you know, nameless. But. <laughs> Anyway, um, we cut back to Venom, and they have this uh, hideout in an old hangar at the uh, airport. Mayhem explains the new vehicle is almost ready for the big time, and he is named
0: it Blackout.
1: Well, what if opening night's a bomb?
0: Nothing's lost. I never paid the Japanese inventor the two million for making it.
1: Dagger makes a crack about the inventor having a yen for money or something. Right. Had to throw that in there. Miles calls him a blockhead and says that he's uh, had the Venom vehicle specially insulated to protect them from blackout since it can drain the power basically from any machine. So I thought that was cool where they're prepping, you know, kind of for the plan to come and maybe have the upper edge on mask if they show up.
2: Right. They actually explain it not too many times do we hear an explanation of why or how things work or what they've done. To their own vehicles to kind of counter their attack. And I liked that it was, though it was short, I liked the brief explanation of, you know, they insulated their, their own vehicles to counter what blackout can do.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, next we hear Vanessa and her Personality kicking in and <laughs> wondering why they're still standing around and
2: on their coffee explains. break. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right, right.
0: And Mayhem explains: We have to make one more collection of power, and this one's gonna be a Miles Mayhem Stinger Special.
1: Whatever that means. I don't hey, that <laughs> two
2: times fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't know exactly why that was added in there, but we cut to Thunderhawk taking off. Matt and Scott and T-Bob, they're circling the skies with them wondering kind of basically what they're looking for. And I noticed T-Bob's in the middle this time. I think in the last episode or in previous episodes, he had been, you know, on the outside without the seatbelt. Yeah, just about hanging out
2: the window. <laughs>
1: wondering, you know, if he was going to fall out. But I guess they heard me. Um, and 30 got years T-Bob, later. <laughs> right. They got T-Bob in the middle this time. But... Matt says he's looking for clues to give the bullet train a clean bill of health, basically. Um, He flies closer to the original transformer site there that Blackout destroyed. Emergency personnel are on hand putting out fires and Matt
0: insists no question about it. This damage was man-made. Some sort of vehicle destroyed that fence. Wow! Must have been a bulldozer. Or worse, the bullet train's not the only reason we came to Japan venoms in the area.
1: And then Scott asks if he thinks they were responsible. Matt replies that their tentacles go everywhere and T-Bob cracks, it's like dancing with an octopus or something. <laughs> Here we go again with all the puns. Yeah,
2: and there was a few of them throughout the episode, but it wasn't um it wasn't it overdone wasn't, like it uh, was it has in the past, but but it was still there. <laughs> yeah, it was still there. We're next taken to another power substation just outside an airport. Uh, We find out it's Tokyo Airport later, where we see Blackout cruising towards it, crashing through the fence. Blackout extends his claw arms and sucks the energy out of Tokyo. Miles looks on from Switchblade, gleefully saying, Welcome to Tokyo,
0: Blackout. And now a little to the left for your dessert.
2: Then with the twist of Miles' wrists, he seems to control Blackout from a console in Switchblade, which I actually... I actually liked, I thought someone was driving Blackout initially, and then you see how it's being controlled. I like that.
1: Yeah, it, I will get into a little bit later in, in my concept of it. I, I probably would have preferred somebody to drive it, but... Same here, but um, I still like it,
2: the novelty of being a remote control.
1: Yeah, that's it was a novelty of the time, at least, I think. Well,
2: so is Kit, but you know, <laughs> we're not focused on that today. <laughs> So we next see Thunderhawk with Scott asking if they are almost to Tokyo when they spot a glowing light coming from the airport. Monitoring the air traffic control communications, they hear the instructions from the controller.
0: Attention, all incoming aircraft. Do not attempt to land. We are experiencing a power failure. Commence to circle at your present altitude. Incredible. The airport has lost all its power.
1: Did you notice when they were landing in the field there, that sound effect, I don't know, it just didn't sit right with me. I guess it was supposed to be Thunderhawk, but it sounded like a tea kettle whistling on the stove or something. I heard the same
2: thing. I, But I I guess I didn't attribute it to a a tea kettle. I just thought it was (laughs) a a, well, he was screeching to a halt type of Uh. landing.
0: What's wrong? Either they're making a Japanese monster movie down there, or I need my vision checked. I it, guess it could have been, but I, I don't know. It wasn't, it
2: didn't sound, well, it didn't sound like a typical screech. And of course, he landed on grass, so there shouldn't be anything screeching <laughs> right. like that, unless he needs to check the brakes on Thunderhawk again or something.
1: Yeah, something. Anyway.
2: So, uh, Matt spots the culprit, quipping that they are now in the utility business. And, uh, Matt lands and has Scott and T-Bob hide in the hangar for safety. Then converts Thunderhawk back to car mode and rushes off to that substation. We see it hopping in the field like the General Lee when Miles sees Thunderhawk. He says,
0: What a shocking surprise to see you, Matt. Hope you're feeling energetic.
2: So as
1: um, Thunderhawk approaches, Miles directs Blackout through a concrete wall towards uh, Thunderhawk. Matt opens the gullwing doors and fires a couple shots. They basically do nothing. And he has to make a sharp turn to avoid hitting Blackout, really. Um, After skidding to a halt, he takes a couple more shots and notices that, quote, that thing's feeding off my lasers like a hungry wolf. (laughs) Uh, I guess Matt was a Duran Duran fan. I guess so. uh, (laughs) uh, Blackout reveals its weapons for the first time and fires back at Thunderhawk. Matt takes evasive maneuvers to avoid blackout shots as Scott and T-Bob are looking on. Now they're uh, out on the highway. And Thunderhawk passes an oncoming tanker truck. The driver of the truck kind of panics and when seeing the wider I guess Blackout vehicle he turns the wheel sharply after passing Thunderhawk. Blackout kind of clips the trailer and it overturns the truck right there on the highway. Blackout gets another shot at Thunderhawk and this time it either hits the rear or directly behind Thunderhawk enough to overturn it onto its roof. And we hear Scott exclaiming, Dad! And just as T-Bob, he kind of falls backwards off the this mound of barrels that they have been uh, sitting on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We cut right back into Matt climbing out of Thunderhawk on its roof with a cracked windshield. The truck driver also escapes from the tanker that's on fire now. Uh, Matt uses Spectrum Laser to... Shoot again at blackout.
0: Spectrum laser oh.
1: It was a this was a little tick for me here. It was a little early when he said the voice command and when Spectrum actually shoots the laser comes out way before he's done talking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um,
2: timing that's just a little issue. tick that I
1: I noticed there. But the blackout vehicle absorbs the laser beams from Spectrum. Miles says, this ought to make you nice and tasty. <laughs> and he shoots Blackout towards Matt, and it causes him to really exclaim in pain, is what I gathered. Right. Oh! oh, no!
0: Sweet dreams, Mask. Let's go, Blackout. Your performance has given me a real
1: charge. And he falls over, and Scott notices what's happening, and they're kind of worried there.
2: Right, and you can see him trying to wake up T-Bob, so to speak. Uh, I don't know how, but T-Bob basically got passed out from the fall. And I I like it because Scott is trying to wake T-Bob for help. And at first, I'm wondering, why don't you just run up to your dad and forget the (laughs) robot? But then he actually explains it. You know, dad, Dad's too heavy to to move. I need your help. Dad's in trouble. And finally, commercial break. (laughs)
1: yeah it was uh actually i think that when he did the explanation about his dad being too heavy i think that was actually after the commercial but it was still i I don't know how does a robot get knocked out or knocked unconscious you know we've seen a lot of human emotion kind of tied up in t bob but there's another one i guess that (laughs) he can be knocked unconscious but um it was a really good scene you know leading up to there we're you zoom in on Matt his face is still kind of like flat on the ground mm-hmm. the, the tankers leaking that fluid the 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 flames are passing through the fluid and it's getting closer and closer and closer and it was a really nice build up to uh quote unquote halftime right of the of the show but uh, I thought we could start uh, something new with MassCast and do our a little halftime assessment of the show and what our impressions were so far coming into this. Right. Um, for me, I, I thought it was, besides a few ticks, um, I was very into the episode. Great suspense, and, you know, I was actually surprised that Matt tried to take Venom on his own, you know.
2: Well, I'm not exactly like that too much. You know, he seems to be that macho. He has to do it when he can. But at the same time, it's it's nice and, and you know, reinvigorating. If I could use that for this episode... To see the suspense, to see the action, and it seems like a full episode compared to what we've had for the last I think two or three where they've been uh I think the writers were on vacation. I don't know what'll happen yeah. so
1: <laughs> yeah, but it you know, and this is another one of those episodes where it's very late to the call up yes here we are at halftime, and we still haven't got any other agents on scene and It was kind of like Matt versus the world almost Mm -hmm. leading up to there. And I don't remember too many episodes where it was like that. And he was, he almost took matters into his own hands before, you know, diving into the computer or issuing the call up. So I was, I I don't think I moved my uh, masco meter at all. Well, (laughs) we say we start at five, and the the ticks that I, you know, found weren't enough really to move it at all for me.
2: I I would, move it a tick um and mainly because of i guess it was starting to get slightly excessive with the puns the jokes that's really all i i guess all the nicks but it was enough to build up going man this is great but you know you (laughs) already got four or five puns in there do you really need that many in 11 minutes or whatever
1: well i was i don't know maybe i'm getting used to it too much uh
2: (laughs) That's surprising to hear from you.
1: <laughs> well, you know, with the source material for this episode versus uh, going after some pandas, I was—I guess—I was into that more than I noticed. All of the, the the puns didn't, you know, weigh as much for me. But anyway,
2: so Scott explains that his dad is too heavy to pull away from the fire, and uh, he opens up T-Bob's head and starts making an adjustment or something, and T-Bob basically comes to. Scott has T-Bob transform and rushes to save Matt. They pull him out of danger and then take a moment with T-Bob, of all things, joking. Woo! You're
0: either real heavy or I'm real weak. You better start a workout program, T-Bob. He's already a heavyweight in my book, Scott. <laughs> but right now I've got to assemble a mask team.
2: Next we see an uprighted Thunderhawk, which I don't understand how it all of a sudden got right into. him. Back on its wheels, but...
1: Uh, I, I noticed the same thing. <laughs> um, did they uh, you know have some kind of winch or something on it?
2: <laughs> well, may, maybe we don't see it in the cartoon, but maybe, just maybe, Matt borrowed the lifter mask. I'm just spitballing here. I have no idea.
1: Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> who knows? But it was kind of a weird, uh, almost awkward situation there when he finally wakes up and... They're cracking jokes, but I I did notice that Matt, instead of his usual throwaway pun that he says, he basically tells T Bob uh, that he's a heavyweight in his book. You know.
2: Basically, thanks
1: him. I mean, it was kind of a pun based on what they were saying about, you know, heavy and weak and all that, but it wasn't more that kind of joke. It was him really. Basically thanking T-Bob for saving his life.
2: <laughs> right. So now we get Matt calling in the troops. We get Alex with Rhino, and it explains, uh, which I like in the call but it explains why, his planning abilities. Um, yes. Bruce is called up for his design capabilities, which I would think they're both about the same. And then Gloria brings Shark along with her, and it's for her excellent driving abilities, which we'll see a little bit later on.
1: Yeah. And then we cut immediately to the awesome panning shot of the mask plane. And cheap plug here, this is the shot I used for that one panorama I did that we put up on our Pinterest uh, page. And uh, I think I actually used it in that article I wrote about the seven vehicles we wish had been produced as toys. Right. It was just a really cool shot. It showed really how bulky the transport plane really is. I mean, it has a huge hull and what appear to be two sets of like twelve wheels in the landing gear. Right. Um that came down from the, the middle. But the plan then uh it comes down to the Tokyo Airport. Uh we get these large cargo doors in the rear opening like a mouth, really. Yeah. And uh the lower one acting as the ramp. And Thunderhawk pulls up to the plane. Scott and T Bob yell,
0: All right
1: <laughs> and We see Rhino and uh, Shark exit the transport plane. And judging by the amount of room that was, like, inside the plane, you could probably fit, you know, the whole force in there. Firecracker, Gator, and Condor. I I don't know, I was really paying attention to the plane because this is really the first time that we've got a lot of detail with it and got a lot of time with it. But it did look like it was built to carry everybody. Alex tells Matt, We received the details
0: of the mission you piped into our computers, old chap. Well, we're still a long way from solving this one. There's only one man who could have created what we're up against. He worked on the bullet train.
1: I'm not sure I really understood that connection, but um, i okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, we get to the lab where the blueprints for Blackout are laid out on the table, and this inventor says that, his investor told him that it would be used for good, and Matt wonders why. And I thought this was good that, you know, Matt is usually this kind of I don't know almost all-knowing right <laughs> uh, leader, and him wondering why or how this vehicle could be used for good, I thought it was nice that they wrote that in there. And the inventor goes on to explain that...
0: Its original purpose was to draw power from one source and deliver it to any area with an electrical emergency. Yeah,
1: that made sense to me.
2: Exactly. Uh, that would be an actual pretty cool concept. Yes,
0: yeah,
1: I, I thought it was logical. The inventor, he then tells he was to be paid $2 million... But uh, his investor stole it. Um, and did you notice I, this was this kind of bugged me for a minute? In the lab, there was this other vehicle. If he, they panned back at one point, almost looked like uh, the old '60s Batmobile or something. And I was wondering why maybe they didn't use that in the story, or why it was it was there. Maybe just for some uh, continuity between this inventor, and I guess he likes to build vehicles or whatever. But I was like, well, maybe they should have used that to combat, you know, the other vehicle or something like he had a backup plan or whatever. But I don't know. My mind was drifting. I saw this other vehicle in the lab and just wondered why it was there.
2: I guess I missed it, but I, I can understand where you would perceive that it would be used later on in the episode. But yeah, uh, maybe it's just exactly that. It was just uh, nothing more than the skies and inventory that's both vehicles and well, I guess vehicles and trains and, and so forth. So, you know. He might have a museum, for all you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Then Alex um, finally gets to the point and wonders, is there any way to shut this vehicle down?
2: So Yamasan, which is the inventor's name, reply is similar to Bruce's responses, saying,
0: It will be like short-circuiting the sun. My invention is a single-minded shark in a sea of plenty.
2: Bruce seems to reply with his own proverbial quip, saying, For every poison there is an antidote. Uh, after a brief, thoughtful pause, uh, yama suggests a larger machine with a single, concentrated blast. Matt then concludes that it would overload the circuits. Scott jokes that it's like the time T-Bob stuck a fork in the toaster, which melted his circuits <laughs> like butter. Uh, which, I kind of would have liked yeah. to see that, I don't know why. but
1: <laughs> I'm sure
2: there's a few other listeners out there that are going, so when was that episode? Right. (laughs) Uh, In a field, the team lays out their plan with the theory that Miles believes he is untouchable, with Bruce suggesting that when giants meet, a storm will follow. Uh, I'm sorry, Doug. I'm not as good as you. Uh, uh, Matt positively responds, saying that they will build their own high-voltage machine. Gloria seems to jump on the joke wagon. That could be an electrifying experience for Venom.
1: And then Matt follows the game with his own pun about Alex and he plugging them in or something. Yeah. There was a bunch of those puns right in a row. There
2: were. It was like the joke factory.
1: (laughs) Right. The strategy that they have developed, Matt goes on to say, is called Operation Horseshoe.
0: This represents Venom's machine. And these are Thunderhawk, Rhino, and Shark, forming a horseshoe around it. And this is T-Bob. T-Bob? You're going to be our leading man. Gee,
1: I
2: don't even have an agent.
1: I was surprised T-Bob wasn't scared. You know, he's usually joking about this. and
2: Yeah, I was
1: actually... He does do one joke about being Mask's leading man and not having, like, an agent like he's an actor, you know. But (laughs) he really didn't show like he was, you know, he didn't peel out in scooter mode and
2: run away. (laughs) That's usually the theme, but maybe that uh, fainting spell, you know, I don't know.
1: It could have been, um... So then we see night falls across Tokyo, and we descend on another power plant. Blackout, along with Switchblade and Manta and Piranha, are are shown moving into action. Miles says he's glad that he has a front row seat to this light show. Um, Now this, I did notice when he said this line that, uh, I believe it's Brendan... McCain that does Miles and Alex. He did have a little bit of Alex. I'm glad I have a front row
0: seat for this light shower.
2: But you know, I, I appreciate Doug enlightening us that I guess that voice, Miles Mayhem, was a, a tough one I'm sure, to manipulate. I'm sure. so, so was T-Bob's.
1: Right. But um the vehicles arrive then to this very large tower. Blackout extends its arms and it starts collecting the power. And then we cut to Alex and Scott making adjustments to T-Bob.
0: There you go, T-Bob. Splendid. You can magnify electricity threefold. Are you sure about this, Scott? No, but my dad is. A
1: little bit of reassurance there, I guess.
2: Right, and then he goes on to do a little, uh, I guess, Bible story time, reminding him of David and Goliath's story, uh, right. where David won. And, uh, of course, T-Bob couldn't help but saying, but he had a slingshot.
1: <laughs> right. And Matt finally comes back in and interrupts that
2: just heard it on
0: the radio. They say the power in Tokyo is being drained and it's almost completely dark there. So let's shed a little light on the subject.
2: So they all jump in their vehicles and burn rubber. I like the ramped up sound, so to speak, of uh, Thunderhawk. (laughs) So we see Tokyo being drained. see stadiums going dark, skyscrapers as well. Traffic jams starting to happen. Mask sees Blackout, and they prepare themselves as Miles looks on and welcomes them to the party. Well,
0: Mask, welcome to my party. I hope you enjoy the punch.
2: We see Scott and T-Bob rush out and hide as Matt's mask is placed upon him. He instructs them to start the horseshoe as Blackout begins to strike at Mask. Now,
1: right here is where, I don't know, instead of saying... Uh, all the names jumbled together. Alex,
0: Bruce, Gloria, start the horseshoe. He
1: just throws like all their names together and tells them to start the horseshoe. I would have liked to hear, you know, Rhino, Shark, or something quicker. Uh, use the vehicle names instead of trying to jumble all their first names together. Right, and yeah.
2: he's done that before. He's he's called out the actual yeah. vehicle names to do a certain mission. I think it was oh, it's been early on in our mass cache, but early on in the episodes that they did that. And I would have appreciated right. that too, but I would think I would have been, I don't know, in in a rush. I would have said, okay, mask, spread out, or get it, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just seemed jumbled right there. Yeah. It just kind of lost a little bit of its momentum, but anyway.
2: So however they are blasted back, but seems to be a good thing as the lightning rods on their vehicle are working. It was actually neat to see the so-called lightning rods. We don't actually see the rods. We see the, the kind of lighted emblems, yeah. so to speak being in we see Thunderhawks uh air intake. It seems to be all the air intakes. Yes. Except for rhino. Rhino it seems to be the actual grill. The battering ram uh, grill is the, the actual Actually
1: button. I think it was on top. It was that silver section you know, you're looking on the toy that sticks out from the
2: Oh yeah the hood.
1: So blackout fires and knocks all the each one of the masked vehicles off course. Matt tells them to try again, but Rax instead gets into the action and he shoots a torpedo. Matt uses spectrum frequency alternator, which he calls out, to redirect the torpedo back at Piranha. Now, that uh, that's a phrase I can appreciate working in the mailing industry. Right,
2: but. and I actually like that one. That wasn't too bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Rax jumps into the sidecar, but it was interesting. He doesn't launch it. Instead, the whole Piranha bike dives into this lake that uh, th- th- they drove across the bridge when they came onto the scene. Mm-hmm. But he, <laughs> he just sails into this lake as the torpedo goes overhead. And then from the sub, he silently waves his arm in disgust at what just happened. Right, Jackhammer, he converts. Where was he? Cause yeah, he wasn't
2: <laughs> a part of the team at all. In the-
1: he wasn't. When, and that whole lead-up scene, he, he wasn't there. I was like, where was Jackhammer? He tells Mask to have a headache on him. The turret gun shoots a laser at Rhino. And the battering ram grill deflects the laser back to Jackhammer's front tire. Which causes the the whole vehicle to flip like nose first onto its
2: roof. Which was pretty impressive um, to do nose first. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, and I liked the idea. I mean I, that it was, was good. It was just scene. Odd. odd. But the crash, I don't know. It would have I would have liked to seen like the tire shred or maybe it hit Something abruptly, right, so it right. had to stop, and then it you know, kind of had that momentum to go over. But it was still a pretty cool crash, oh, yeah. uh, no matter how much I <laughs> complain about it. Um, so Rhino and Shark drive past Jackhammer to pursue Manta. Vanessa turns the car around and shoots the three missiles from the hood. I believe this is the first time we've seen this. Yes. All three narrowly miss Shark, and then Gloria shoots two missiles from like the um parking lights almost
2: <laughs> of uh
1: shark and they stick into the front of manta and it's got some kind of propulsion and it sends manta going backwards really quickly slamming into jackhammer and then flipping upside down right on top of jackhammer
2: i love that that was pretty and pretty actually pretty good I'm out of control
1: This was the first time that I remember laughing out loud for the episode. Uh, I thought that was pretty comical. Yeah. But then Matt tells the team...
0: Okay, everybody, energy absorbers on!
2: Blackout then shoots its electrical energy towards the mask vehicle, to which we see them simply absorbing the energy once again. A confused mayhem looks on and wonders what's going on. The blast towards the mask vehicles continues... With Miles commenting,
0: I'm glad I didn't pay for this thing.
2: Shortly afterwards, Blackout shuts down as it has completely been drained and disabled.
0: We drained it. Now, T-Bob, hurry.
2: So he runs out, changes his eyes to this like evil death stare type look. <laughs> it
1: was kind of cool. I
2: liked it. A very
1: angry look. Yeah,
2: and he stops in the center of the vehicles. Scott jokes that his name will be in lights after this. T-Bob then walks just casually, nonchalantly towards Blackout, pulls from Karate Kid 2, the little hand claps, <laughs> stance. I,
1: I wrote the same thing down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> best, I said he gave it his best Karate Kid pose with the arm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and with some camera work looking at all the vehicles, then all the characters, Matt instructs them, buy the energy at T-Bob. Energy. A very lit up and glowing T-Bob with angry Death Stare eyes points and blasts the energy right at Blackout, disintegrating it and causing such an enormous blast that Switchblade actually tumbles and falls out of the skies. It shakes up Miles and he, I guess, quickly just narrowly puts uh, Switchblade into jet mode and hightails it out of there like usual but madam can't resist getting the last word saying this isn't lights out for me and uh, Venom rushes away with T-Bob still in his stance as we see a smoldering pile of metal that once was blackout
1: I was wondering how they got uh, Jackhammer and Manta back on its wheels this time because <laughs> they sped off you know, after they were on top of each other literally
2: maybe with the blast
1: <laughs> it could have been yeah, and then our final word is we get uh, Scott and the crew gathered around T-Bob, basically to see if he's okay. Scott says,
0: T-Bob, are you okay? Wow, T-Bob, you are the best fireworks I ever saw. Yeah, I got a bang out of it, too.
1: It was interesting the way the episode ended, uh you know, typically we get a laugh, um, a hearty laugh from everybody at the same time. And this time they just showed smiles across the whole team. No laughing. And there was this very long pause, very long uh, uh, back out from the camera, from the scene, as we fade to black. And I even went back and, and checked it. It was a full 20 seconds. Wow. From the time that they say the last line, they show the smiles, and then they pan back with the camera and basically out of the episode. It was just, I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me, the, the ending. Um, Well, I,
2: I liked the actual long fade out. I I guess it, it made it more surreal or more like it actually completed the whole scene, the whole episode. But like you made mention about them just basically smiling. I actually attributed to that. They were supposed to be laughing And they didn't add the laugh reel in by mistake.
1: Oh. Well, it could have been, or uh, I don't know, maybe they forgot to draw them laughing or something. (laughs) And they could only do do the smile. But that uh, basically ended the episode and into our PSA.
2: Right. T-Bob and Scott are scootering down the street. Why do people like to take Sunday drives?
0: I guess because people think of Sunday as being bright and sunny. You know... Sunday.
2: Just then we see a couple kids on a bike pass by. One of them is sitting on the handlebars while another is actually sitting properly on the bike. They hit a small stone and take a tumble. Scott stops right beside them and promptly informs them. You should never ride two on a bike.
0: Somebody could get hurt.
2: Then they just scoot on by and T-Bob says, let's get on with our Sunday drive, but Scott says it's only Saturday. Ha ha ha. <laughs> That's the best I got for that one.
1: This PSA just didn't sit right with me. I, you imagine being the two kids on the bike, and you fall off the thing. You got bums and bruises, and you got this kid coming in just telling you, you know, you shouldn't do that. And Yeah, really. <laughs> a, Shove off, kid. You know, you, <laughs> you freaking know it all. Exactly. <laughs> Why don't you ask if we were okay before you started in with all your criticism, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't know. I would have liked to seen what was mentioned earlier and maybe T-Bob sticking the old fork in the light socket thing, you know, something to tie in with the episode. Exactly.
2: But we know that it basically, that's uh, a long shot anymore. Ah.
1: I guess so. I don't know. I hope it's not the, the end of the PSA, you know, doing its own thing. Cause <laughs> uh, it just seems to flow better when they, they tie it in. But all right, I'm going to ask you first this time. Okay. What, what was your verdict?
2: Well, I gave it a solid 4.5. I couldn't go any, Lower, but I really couldn't go any higher, but I'm going to round up. I like the plot. I like the action in this episode. I liked how it was basically almost uh right at the beginning. We see Blackout and 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 so forth. And like I mentioned earlier, it seems like the writers finally got out of their slump or the original writers got off of vacation or, or something happened here. I, I, this is some good material. I love the upper hand theme that Blackout seemed to have for quite some time. Uh, but I wasn't too keen on how the inventor kind of got conned in and then how Matt handled the situation. Granted, uh, we know and he knows, but the inventor doesn't exactly know that Miles Mayhem is a, a crook by any means. Maybe I'm reading a little too into it, but that's a little tick there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few quips, obviously, but there there weren't that many bad ones. And I liked how T-Bob is actually a key player in saving the day, whereas typically, you know, we're, we're all, yeah. and, and myself and you included, can say, why was T-Bob in there in the first place? <laughs> right. So right. I was, I liked how he was incorporated in this. I really enjoyed, though it was really rather brief. I liked the mask versus Venom vehicle battle. That was actually good. I liked the, the collisions and racks, although he did technically stay on the bike. He still ended up crashing it or sending it into the lake. Yes. Um, but still it it was still good. Uh, I liked the design of Blackout. I liked the remote control feature that was within Twitchblade. I actually liked the look of Blackout. It reminded me and me, this is the old Dodge Mopar fan coming out of me. But it looked like a Plymouth Roadrunner, minus wheels, of course, but it kinda had that <laughs> that theme or that look, at least the front end look to it. Uh-huh. I noted that I liked the sound effects, the motor sound effects that they did for, uh, Thunderhawk. It, I loved the revving. It's like they, I don't know, stuck a microphone next to a full 454 engine or something. But I liked it. I liked the air brake sound effect that we heard in Rhino, uh, when he pulled out of the, the, uh, transport plane. I liked, I liked yeah. hearing the, the...
1: The actual. It's almost like the actual or, you know, like they... Sought out this, the particular vehicle to get the sound effect. Exactly, I like yeah. that.
2: I like that they just an extra step. Exactly, that extra step to make it well uh, a more impressive episode. Uh, it's not just a cartoon. They actually add. They thought it through. At least this episode, they did. I like the crash of Th- Thunderhawk when he's slipped onto the roof. I think we both agree that we like seeing the so-called mortality of the vehicles, uh, the yes. cracked windshield and so forth. But I didn't like how it was righted up. Uh, with no explanation. Right. The ticks uh, that kind of dropped me, I I attributed that last outtake with them as there was no laugh track. To me, it looked like they were laughing or supposed to be, uh, just like they missed it for whatever reason. The way they handled the inventor's storyline and and so forth, I wasn't 100% keen on it. And then the magnetism issue at the beginning with the train, I just... How do you get magnetized? One, you're killing the power, so why is it magnetized at all? Two, if you're going to be magnetized, I would guess you go to where the magnet is. So if he's on the right-hand side of the train, you're going to be crashing through the side wall, not
1: going up to the ceiling.
2: ceiling. But overall, I would not put this as equal to Rotex, but this is a, a very good episode in my book. So what did you rate this episode? And hopefully you did not rate it a one.
1: No, no, no. This was a great episode. I'm going to give it a solid four out of five. The only thing that knocked it down a full point, you know, like I had some ticks and they kind of added up a little bit for me. And then, I don't know, with the ending and then the PSA, I just it took it down another half point. But I'm going to give it a solid four out of five. I mean, it was a great episode. I like the Venom was, said that they were prepared by insulating their vehicles. Um, It showed pretty good planning. I like that Matt revealed he had a ulterior motive for being in Japan. You know, many times we blame the episodes on coincidence. And I like that Matt disguised this business trip so to speak as a way to keep tabs on Venom. Matt didn't seem to be his usual all-knowing self. He had questions even needed to rationalize um, some of the occasions like with why Blackout was invented in the first place and It was almost too weird, like he didn't totally understand the outlying details other than just focusing on stopping Venom this time. You know, he was so dialed in on getting them that all the other little details were kind of peripheral stuff. Right. Um, which is a little out of his personality, but I still liked it. I I thought it was good. Um, maybe, uh, the writers here taking a little bit of chance, um, with the character. The bad, you know, like I said, I didn't like the ending. It was. Different than they just smiled without the laughter, but it just seemed weird compared to the usual laughed ending and I don't know, why change it? Maybe they are taking some chances here, but right. that whole twenty seconds of silence, you know, leading up to the I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me. And this is the second time this this PSA was used. Not the actual it wasn't just a total recycle, but
2: pretty close. Um, it was. I did they, notice that.
1: Yeah. They did use that writing on the handlebars thing once before and Matt. I think it was Matt that was scolding uh, uh, mm-hmm. Scott or T-Bob or whoever was up there. And I don't know. I just would have liked them to do something that was a little more, a better match with the episode. The, the ticks, um I usually get a laugh or two, even from the bad jokes, but I, I didn't have any real laugh out loud moments other than that scene with Manta toppling onto Jackhammer. Right. The voice mistake with Mayhem, it sounded like Alex, that was a little tick. Um this is another one that just kind of came to mind. And you shouldn't blackout had some kind of like grill guard or something for smashing through all these fences and walls.
2: You would think. <laughs> Wouldn't the
1: headlights and all that been damaged and and all that? But I, I don't. This is just me again. Well,
2: may, maybe but Miles, still, I think, after, uh, the inventor, figured out how to incorporate the molecular bonded shell. <laughs> there you
1: go. <laughs> oh, blackout came from the. Uh, Foundation for Law Government.
2: <laughs> it was one the, of their original Yeah, line. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was going to be the new kit, but then... Uh,
1: and then, uh, you know, the last thing that was just a tick for me, I I feel like Blackout should have been a manned vehicle. Um, I see that. I know you like the, I know you like the remote, and I'm, there's nothing against that at all, really. But uh, just in my mind, I thought it would have been fun to have one of the uh, agents be the pilot of the vehicle. And... Uh, I don't know, just some of those scenes where a mask shows up and he's turning around with the remote. And I'm like, it's just been better if they had somebody behind a wheel and going after them or whatever. But it was still just a, just a tick. And right. it was still a great episode and a welcomed episode after uh, after Panda Power.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: So, uh, uh, Did you see any tie-ins to our movie script?
2: I saw three. I don't know how many you saw, but I saw three.
1: saw one.
2: I saw the abandoned hangar hideout, which is what we have in the episode.
1: Yeah, that's what I had written down, that uh, Venom's HQ is uh, this old hangar-type airfield and junkyard.
2: All in Uh, one. (laughs) Yeah,
1: all in one uh, in our script. What else did you see? I
2: saw, although it's not the exact collision or wreck, we we wrecked Jackhammer and our script except that we have him tumble and lay on its side not just go and flip over on its roof and then although it was very brief we do have a mask versus venom vehicle battle i think ours is actually um a lot of the flying vehicles all attack thunderhawk and condor versus uh switchblade manta yeah i think it's those two but yeah that's the that's what i i saw in it
1: okay we did uh, get a little bit of feedback, our poll.
2: Four people voted it at five, and we have five people voting it as a four, and one each for voting it a three and a two. No ones.
1: Yes, on so they were. everybody was kind of on our side as far as uh, the way the votes went, and uh, we had a couple comments, uh, reviews. The first, of course, from our buddy Anna. She said uh, this is a good episode, it has good drama with Matt getting hurt and Scott and T-Bob barely having time to pull him away and some great action scenes. I love the use of T-Bob in this episode and especially the determined look in his eyes when he was facing blackout. All of a sudden T-Bob is a lot braver than we're used to and a lot braver than I would have expected him to be. An enjoyable episode. So I definitely agree with that and I did kind of notice that as along the way. We, I typically don't read the uh, the uh, reviews before uh, you know I go into reviewing the episode myself. So same it's here. neat when other people kind of see the same stuff you do. But definitely agree with that, Anna.
2: And then we have our next comment uh, from Eric over at Boulderhill.net. While it feels like the last couple episodes of Mask were not the best, Blackout was definitely a top-notch episode. The entire episode was really well animated. There was a a ton of detail in the electricity, reflections, and throughout. I found myself really impressed at several points in the episode. I also thought the story was solid. The drama of having Scott rescue Matt was great and showed that Scott and T-Bob don't have to be the annoying, not so, comic relief. Venom doesn't just give up and run at the first sign of trouble either. They launch a solid attack and only leave when their secret weapon is totally annihilated. Speaking of secret weapons, Blackout is just cool looking. I also loved when Miles declared that he couldn't lose anything since he ripped off the inventor instead of paying him. What a sleazeball. On a different note, (laughs) I noticed something weird about this episode. The opening shot for Blackout is almost an exact copy of the opening to the Magnum. I didn't notice that.
1: Uh, I did now, yeah, because it the beginning episode uh, it zoomed in on Mount Fuji, and I did actually notice that that it was it looked almost like the same footage. Have um, to go back <laughs> it, it, since we're in Japan, you know what better way to I guess kind of lay out the surroundings than uh, being on Mount Fuji, right?
2: But to continue, both episodes begin with a close-up of a snow-capped mountaintop and then pull back to reveal the surrounding countryside. In fact, they both use the same music, too. I didn't mind this. I just thought it was interesting. All in all, this was an awesome episode. I gave it a five. This is the kind of episode that really made Mask worth watching. P.S. I'm glad you guys like the new logo and site design. Oh, I forgot to mention the PSA. One of the most (laughs) high and mighty moments of the show. If I were the kids on the bicycle, I probably would have spiked T-Bob's tire that's awesome I like that Eric
1: yeah, nice <laughs> I felt the same way I was like I hear you you rich kid <laughs> on your motor scooter <laughs> Oh, that was good good response Eric appreciate that so I guess it'll about uh, wrap it up for this episode um, appreciate everybody again listening and um, our next uh, episode review we're coming up on uh, coming up on number thirty and it won't be too long and we'll get a chance to like, look back at episodes twenty one through thirty like we normally do. Right. But um, still got a couple more to go. We've got uh, episode twenty nine coming up called A Matter of Gravity, and the plot on this episode consists of Venom using a gravity ray to melt anything in its path, including Hondo and Firecracker. So I'm actually looking forward to this one. I, nice. I did a little sneak peek. Um, I well I've actually gone over about the whole series with all these <laughs> uh, <laughs> all these montage uh, videos I put together. But I am looking forward to this one and uh, and seeing uh, seeing a new vehicle. And then uh, for too long we'll have to talk about the uh, series two toys That's since right. we're uh, starting to get some new vehicles and such. So. Um, enjoyed it again brother it was a great episode yes
2: i i i, I like this i was it was a welcome breath of fresh air as seemed like the last one or two i can't remember how many it seems that weren't uh, gleaming uh, like episodes if you will but uh can you believe it that the next episode will be our 40th mass cast
1: <laughs> it's coming up man for too long we'll be uh, halfway to 100 and it's uh it's been fun we've had a blast this whole you know process we haven't been releasing them you know on a schedule like we first started but still it's I'm glad when we get back in the studio and, and are able to crank some out
2: yeah this is enjoyable I, I always look forward to it and like you said we're it's not often enough but unfortunately life happens and we, we don't get paid for this I mean really we should <laughs> we should be millionaires and be on a Matt Tracker's salary or something but...
1: <laughs> right <laughs>
2: But until that happens, on behalf of Jason, this is Wyatt. We had an awesome time and hope you enjoyed MassCast. MassCast. MassCast.